Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Can you imagine an interval of two notes being so sinister that it would invoke the devil himself? What could that possibly sound like? And why would the church choose to outlaw this sinister sound? It's all here today on this bonus episode about the devil's Interval. <laughs> oh, that was spooky. I spooky. Hey, Hainted Loves, I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're bringing you yet another bonus episode because we just cannot get enough of this stuff. <laughs> and today we're going to nerd out about music. This week is all about music and the devil. The devil, the devil, because he shows the up devil. a lot with music. Mm-hmm. Good old Lucifer himself. It's a very Luciferous week. Luciferous. Luciferous week, yeah, yes. Yeah, but I don't think it means what you think it means. Probably not. Okay, so let's talk about the <laughs> devil's interval or devil's chord. I say devil's chord. It's probably not really a chord, but that might make a little bit more sense if you aren't that versed in musical theory. If you are that versed in musical theory, then uh, don't tell on me. I don't know it very well. I'm one of the musicians that learn by ear. <laughs> I didn't learn how to read music until I'd been playing for like 12 years. It's okay. I can read notes, but I don't really know theory. And people are like, oh, this blah, 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 this blah, 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 the one, four, five chord progression. I'm like, huh? What? No, just just play it. Just play it. <laughs> same. Yeah, the same way. Yeah. yeah. So you get it. I talked about on the regular episode how I feel like I channel things sometimes. And, and, and maybe it is. Maybe it's the devil speaking through me. Because when I improvise, because I do a lot of improvisation with music, and somebody will play something, and I will just play along, and... If they're later like, oh, what was that you played? Or what key was that in? Or why did you do that? I'd be like, I don't know. And they'll say, well, what <laughs> key were you playing? And I was like, I don't know. I just felt it. I just yeah. felt it. And then it came out of my fingers. And I can't explain it any other way. That's the most natural form of music, isn't it? I mean, to ad lib. And I mean, that's why you like jazz. 
Yeah. And if you're singing, I mean, I could never tell somebody what key I'm singing in no. just off the top of my head, but I know exactly how to make my voice make sounds that I want it to make. And that's exactly. how you interact with your instrument because you feel like it's an extension of you. It is. It is. And I'm just speaking in another language. I could not tell you how I play the violin any more than I could tell you how it is I'm forming these words right now, which is probably why I was not a very good violin teacher. I apologize if any of my former <laughs> students are listening right now. I'll admit I was probably not the best teacher you could have had. Because you're too natural. Just make it make this sound. What's yes. wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. But all that aside, I'm just putting that out there as a caveat that I will be talking a little bit about some musical theory here, but I may not sound very intelligent about it, but I can talk to you a lot about the cultural significance of it. There you go. So I'm going to talk to you about a particular interval known as the tritone. I'm going to play it for you now. Can't you just hum, hum hum the three? Are you afraid? Are you afraid of the devil? No, it's an interval. I can't hum an interval. I can only hum one note at a time. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah, I don't know enough about music theory to know anything about this. When the violin comes in, it'll be a very harsh sounding chord. Oh, it's the, it's the relationship between the three notes in the chord. Yes, it's actually okay. two notes. So this chord okay. I just played is the opening notes of the violin solo in Camille Sanson's Danse Macabre, or Dance of Death. The, the traditional way to play the song is to actually tune your E string down a half step and play an open A and an E flat together. And that interval, that diminished fifth or augmented fourth, is called a tritone, also known as the Devil's Interval, because it is so... Invocation of the Devil? No, because it's so jarring. It is so dissonant. It is. It wants to be resolved, right? Like, you hear that and you're like, what's next? You want it to resolve. It just, it creates that tension. stuff that's been written about this. There is a very specific ratio of those notes, a lot of math. I don't understand it, but it is <laughs> not a simple relationship. And that's why our ears don't like it. We just don't like the way that sounds. <laughs> that sounds like humans. I don't like it. This relationship's <laughs> not simple. <laughs> well, when I say we don't like it, music is all about tension and resolution. When we listen to a piece of music, you create tension, just the same in a story. We tell stories, music is stories. You create tension, you create conflict, and then you resolve it. And it's that build up, like that holding your breath. <gasps> What's coming next? Oh. oh, there was a ghost in the cabinet. Oh, but it was just his grandmother. You know, that kind <laughs> of tension and then that release, that is what music's all about. But this tritone, this particular interval, four steps, if you know much about music theory, 
it creates tension. It causes our breath to go a little bit short. We need that release. And so much baggage culturally comes with this tritone. There's a reason Sanson decided to open his dance of death with this incredibly difficult interval because it is the devil's interval. <laughs> and there is a popular but not true rumor, very popular rumor amongst musicians. We have a lot of lore. We have a, so much lore as musicians. Mm -hmm. Maybe because we are channeling something otherworldly when we play, but the lore states that in the Middle Ages and medieval times, this interval was considered so sinister that if you performed it, if two monks sang in a tritone, one sang an A and one sang an E flat, for instance, in unison, the chord would invoke the devil himself and he would rise up from the pews and gobble them and take them to hell. And so Whoa. as a result, the church banned the devil's interval and forbade it from ever being performed. That's completely false. There's actually a <laughs> lot of medieval church music that has this interval in it, but... That's the lore. That's the lore. And it got the name of the Devil's Interval. Actually, centuries later, there's a very popular theory book. My husband has tried to read it so many times <laughs> by a guy named Fuchs. It's like all musicians read this book. I've never read it because I just pretend to be a musician on TV. No, I'm just I'm <laughs> crap for theory. But he referred to this interval as something like the devil in the music. Not because of any evilness to it, but because it was tricky. It's hard to perform. Because you have to actually retune your, your string. Well, or even singing it. It's hard to get it in tune. Our ears kind of have trouble getting it right. It's, it's hard. It's hard to sing. It's hard to play. Even in an instrument that's not tuned in fifths that play other notes to it a different way. It's still hard. It's just still hard because it's hard for us to hear it. It's hard for us to perform it. But of course, things get dipped into the lore. So every musician reads this book, right? And over time, it becomes more and more embedded in our stories. In fact, that Devil's Trill Sonata that I mentioned mm -hmm. in our regular episode on Monday that has a lot of this tritone in it, this Devil's Interval. So if you listen to it, you'll hear it a lot. And then, of course, also in Dance Macabre, the Dance of Death, you hear it. And then a lot of that devil music that came out in the 70s and 80s and 90s rock and roll used a lot of this tritone. Mm -hmm. And so over time, it has developed a connotation as being something sinister and devilish and i can tell you it sure is devilish to play holy hell that makes sense let me just play it again for you there we go ah! oh no diana your eyes are bleeding oh my eyes <laughs> so this all makes me think of people who claim that certain notes can like break glass or make you shit mm. your pants or something like that. <laughs> you know, you you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know enough about music theory to know if this is true or just a 
very lazy hoax. I I mean, so apparently in the 70s, they did some lab experiments to see if soprano singer could break glass with her voice. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't able to. <laughs> just, it, just because that soprano couldn't. There's a Mythbusters episode. They were able to get the voice to shatter glass, but it has to be like a perfect frequency and it has to be like mm. perfect conditions. It has to be very thin glass. So it probably sustained quite a long time with the vibrations. Yeah. Again, I think that's just part of musical lore. There's another bit of musical lore that states that if you have two speakers perfectly positioned at 45 degree angles to where you are, right? And mm -hmm. you stand at the apex of where those angles come together at that perfect 90 degree angle. The sound from those speakers, from the two speakers, will cancel each other out right at that apex. So if you put your microphone right at that apex, you can sing into that mic while you're listening to the rest of your band play without the sound from the speakers going into the mic. No way. That's cool. Well, I no, but I mean, who's ever actually done it successfully? They use this principle when they set up PA systems and things like that and in auditoriums and stuff like that. But can you actually perform music this way while you're recording? The understanding is that, no, it doesn't really work. It would be far too precise, right? The, the microphone itself would probably be too large to fit into that exact space, I would guess. That's just another one of those weird little bits of musical lore that we have. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> There's also the lore that when Freddie Mercury was recording the lyrics for Bohemian Rhapsody, that the tape that they were using to record on, they had to record over it so many times with his vocals that when he was done, the tape was clear because it had been recorded on so many times. That's another one of those. I don't know if it's true or not, but we just, we have so many legends and it's it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful, mm -hmm. all these legends that we have. So yeah, so that's just another one, the tritone. Just another one of those legends. The devil's chord. <laughs> Technically the devil's interval. I should have called it the devil's interval. I but know, I know. I know, because I think a chord has like three notes, but it's only two. But whatever, whatever. You, you know what I meant. I think as a lay, lay person, I would say chord. Yeah, regardless exactly. of whether there's two or three or four or more notes. <laughs> if it's more than one. Right. right. <laughs> yes. The devil's harmony. There yeah. you go. That's a good one. The yeah. devil's harmony. My brain is making really dumb connections because I'm not a musician. So you've got to just be no, like, that's awesome. eh, not relevant, Diana. But there's a place in Tulsa in downtown where if you stand in the center of this like three foot diameter circle, you can hear your own voice mm -hmm. reflected back to you, even just at a whisper. Yeah, yeah. There's there's places like that all over the world. It's pretty cool. It's, it's just a, the way the acoustics work. Yeah, it's just one of those things. <laughs> Another one of those. Nobody could have possibly done this on purpose. Things. I guess it depends if the if you're an acoustic engineer or a sound engineer and you know enough about how acoustics work. <laughs> Who's yeah, allowed probably. to plan an entire city? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> who should we go to for city planning? Hmm. How about an acoustical engineer? No, yeah. too much power. No, but that does happen. We had a spot like that on Northwestern's campus too. Cool. You had to find just the right spot. 
But oh yeah, yeah this the, this is Tulsa, so he's like spray painted it. That's oh okay, yeah, yeah. How we deal? It sounds like a ghost <laughs> whispering back to you. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Acoustics are neat, man. They really are. Yeah, yeah. Do you, as a musician and mm-hmm. a devil worshiper from way back, um, <laughs> do? You- <laughs> Just because I play the violin, that's not fair. I'm starting rumors about you now. <laughs> My friend Becky sold her soul at the crossroads. You heard it here first. Um, no, so as as a musician, do you think there's any truth to the idea that there could possibly be something evil specifically about this? Which you'd have to guess because the same interval sounding evil to all humans, there's a place in our brain that's like going lizard crazy about this interval. I think that maybe our brains just aren't advanced enough to comprehend it. Mm. You think it's like pareidolia, we're recognizing evil in something that, Mm -hmm. because we're looking for patterns. Yes, exactly. And also Mm. because it's really a cultural context, we've just created an association that it's devilish. Now, yeah, we don't like the way it sounds, but the idea that it's evil is kind of a cultural context. Right, like Christians sing in a minor key during sad events and Jews sing in a minor key during happy events or whatever. Yeah, that's so Culturally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't find that weird at all. Because like you said, it's just it's a cultural expectation, right? Yeah, well, I grew up in a culture where minors sound sad. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. It's too hard to switch your brain off from one mode to another. That's true. Well, I think the tritone, it does, it is, it's difficult to create, it's difficult to listen to, because there is, I think our brains have a natural desire to hear. We always want resolution in everything not just music, in our stories, in our lives, in our relationships. And the tritone is just that tension before the resolution comes. If we don't get that resolution, it makes us anxious. I don't think there's anything more to it than that. Okay. Now, the fact that there are tones that can make us anxious and we recognize when it resolves, I think that's just the beauty and the power of music. To me, that is magical. It's not devilish. It's just... It's just magic to me. It's I don't know either magic. way to describe it. No, yeah. I love that. It's just magic. <laughs> that's, that's something we're about to talk about in next week's episode. Yes, yes. I know for all of you theorists out there, there are like mathematical constructs explaining it. But I'm just going to say it's magic because I don't do math. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all okay. math is kind of magic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Diana, thank you for listening to me completely nerd out over. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I loved it. I know nothing about music theory. I am a musician, but know nothing about music theory because I'm a singer. And my my voice just comes out of me and I know what it's going to do. So exactly. It's magic. It just yep. kind of comes out. It's yeah, I know. Magic. Same, same. We are magical musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll up for the mystery tour, darling. Roll for the mystery tour. <laughs> One day, Diana and I will sing for you in harmony in the devil's tritone. And it, it's going to be spooky comedy music that she wrote the score for and I wrote the, the lyrics for. I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. This is like my new fantasy world. I know. Yeah, you keep saying you heard that. it here first. Uh, <laughs> she's going to hold me to it. All right. I just well, need thanks. you to write the, write the music so I can write the lyrics. I can't write music. It just comes out of me and then I lose it. So anyway. play something and I'll write the lyrics to it. <laughs> play something, Never record be able and to send it to me. Again. That doesn't right. matter. We're not live musicians. Come on. This is all, all recorded. On that note, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all for listening to our rambles about nerdy stuff in this deep dive bonus episode. Catch us on Monday with a brand new episode with a ghost story. Think you're going to miss us by Monday? Join in on our conversation at Facebook slash groups slash homespun hates. Spacebook.com. Shit. I almost did it. At Facebook.com slash groups slash homespun hates. Where the party never stops and we dance our way to hell all day, every day. You could be one of us. And next time you wake up to the sound of cats squealing in a diminished fifth. <gasps> That's gonna be a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kilimnik and Diana Doty, and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kilimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com/submit. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th. 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's aliens. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhates.com slash basement.